Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. My name is Joe Armstrong, and thank you for listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. This week on Independence Day, Dan Korn. The United States and Great Britain have a long history of circuitous and reciprocal cultural influences. Rural American blues musicians begat an entire generation of British guitar players in the 1960s, and the stream continues to flow both ways. Singer-songwriter Dan Korn is part of the newer internet-native generations to tap into this artistic bonhomie. His songs are hushed and consonant, with no small hat tip to the king of underappreciated British folk singers, Nick Drake. But Korn isn't afraid to fill out his sound with electric guitars and other traditional rock and roll instrumentation in order to provide dynamic contrast. And his songs provide ample opportunities for songwriting and arranging malleability, because inhumed in these lilting melodies and airy finger-picked acoustic guitar parts are sharp, incisive lyrics that reveal an honesty and a keen sense of detail that Korn wisely uses to help keep the songs from becoming too precious. The ten songs that make up his new album, Of the Sea, provide a fitting metaphor for Korn to explore themes of love, escape, and mortality. Welcome to Independence Day, Dan Korn. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jay. How's it going, man? Very well. How are you? Welcome to America. Thanks very much. Oh, you haven't been here that terribly long, though. You've only been here a few days. No, I flew, I flew in last Friday, um, so I've had a week here now, and um, I'm here for six weeks in total. And uh, this is not your first trip to America, but this is your first like practical like trip, yeah. working trip to America. Yeah, I came here as a child with my parents, so it's a very different kind of holiday. More, yeah. more based in Disneyland than... Um, right. What I'm doing now, yeah. The American experience, as they say. That's right. Yeah. Now, tell me, uh, tell me in England, to give the people who are not Brits, like, where are you from in England? You live in London now. I live in London now, yeah. But, but from, you didn't grow up there. I'm from a place called Hertfordshire, which is a county um, just to the north of London. And okay. I've lived in London for the last 10 years now. What's yeah. the airport that's up north of London? I flew, Luton? Luton, yeah. I flew out of Luton at one point. Beautiful country. Uh, yeah, Luton's not the nicest town, but... Well, no, just the train ride. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. You know, yeah. was quite nice. At least it looked, looked nice to me. But I guess just that's the whole thing, like America and England being kind of like kissing cousins. Yeah. Like, they're similar. We share the language, we share the culture, formal imperial colony and all. Yeah. Um, but it's always... It's, I hate to use the word quaint, but it's always <laughs> like when Americans go to England, it's always so quaint. So when yeah. you come here, like, is there a word... That you would use, like, what if you had to come up with like one word or two words to describe the American culture, like just getting off the boat, so to speak? Well, it's it's huge. Everything, everything. It, it is actually the scale is just so much bigger. In, yeah. Of everything, the, the space and um, the portions of the food and uh, <laughs> and, and everything. Everything is just. Um, so I can understand why why you, you would use the word quaint when you talk about the UK because it, it's just a different scale. Yeah, and I don't use that in a pejorative sense. Like, no. I don't say quaint as in simple or stupid or no, no. pedantic or any of those things. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely place. And, yeah. it's, it's, and it reminds me, I come from the eastern part of the United States, where it's more green and rolling and kind of lush. Like, mm-hmm. And has winter, you know, unlike in California, winter is a very different experience here. Yeah. Um, so why, I mean, there's maybe an obvious reason why you would come to America. But, you know, I, I know musicians who don't bother. Really, you know, they can have a career in the UK, have a career in Europe, have a career elsewhere. Yeah, um, you know why even attempt to conquer or come here to play shows? I just I love to travel whenever I can, and it it doesn't really matter where it is. I just love to travel, and if if I do something um, professionally that 
enables me to travel, then I think that's just wonderful. Yeah. So that's it, really. And um, did you when, you, know, when it comes to booking a tour in the States, did you do this completely on your own? Did you have help? Like, how did you, I mean, it's a huge undertaking, and I can't even, I mean, I've looked into doing tours in Europe yeah. and in, in the UK, elsewhere, and, and I have many friends who do it regularly. It's really hard But work. starting from zero, it seems like a very, very daunting task. It is, and I'm very grateful to my friend Jeremiah of Jeremiah and the Red Eyes, because he's, he's really put this tour together, and um, without him, it, it wouldn't have happened. So. Now, he's an Independence Day artist. Yeah. We had him on the show. Great, yeah. Good musician. You know, he's eavesdropping somewhere. So thank you, Jeremiah, for bringing Dan to our attention and for uh, booking the tour and all that kind of thing. And he's, he's like a road dog. Yes. In the best way possible. He's always out on the road. He is. And I'd like to give a shout out. This is completely apropos of nothing, but there's a fancy beer that I like that comes from Albuquerque. And at one point or another, he's also a fellow beer geek, such mm-hmm. as I am. And he's now he just asks when he goes to Albuquerque, hey, how much do you want? He doesn't even say, <laughs> you know, he doesn't ask me, do you want any of the La Cumbre elevated IPA? He asked me how much I want. So shout out to him, man. It's very, very cool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Our mania. We share a mania of that thing together. Um, so I, I got cut completely off track in terms of that. But so, but so basically, it's it's kind of a combination of just a wanderlust experience mixed with music. Mixed with music, yeah. And and I love I love um, so much music that's come out of America, and not just music, literature too. Um, I think any country that has produced what this country has produced um, is somewhere I want to be. Really, somewhere I want to see. Yeah, it's funny. Culturally speaking, I feel like America is the elephant in the room. Like you can't pretend it doesn't exist. There are good things, just like anything, there are good things and bad things about sure. it. But the influence of that is so weighty, it has so much weight behind it yeah. that it can't help but influence. I mean, look at look at British and American music, like compare and contrast, mm-hmm. as we would have said in college, yeah. right? The it was the American blues men which had come were were you know. Um, their lineage was, you know, slaves, former slaves from Africa, which yeah. we had taken and stolen. The Brits played a part in that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the triangle trade, as they called it in junior high school, and so that became American blues. And mm. then in the fifties, the, Mar- the post-war generation of Brits, Clapton and uh, all those cats, you know, idolized those guys. Yeah, kind of made this British blues thing: the Yardbirds and Zeppelin and a million other bands. Yeah, and and then kind of fed it back to us, and it became the biggest music in the world. You know, to this day, look at that—that that big festival they're doing later this year out at Coachella. They just announced not too terribly That's long right, ago yeah. with the Stones and the Who and Roger Waters. I mean, how many of those bands are it's British? Remarkable lineup, yeah. Anyway, so in your generation, though, yeah. right, being from the younger generation, like when you look at America, artistically speaking, is it an inspiration? Is it like a a mean gorilla in the room? Like, t- t- tell me, like, how your generation perceives it? It well. Me personally, I I think it's um, just such such a rich uh, such a rich lineage of music from this country, um, and I think there's been a huge cross pollination. You're right; it's gone it's gone you know over to England and it's come back again, and now it's just um, I you know I I listen to music and I have no idea what I have no idea whether it's um, American or or British really. Yeah. It doesn't there's it's just so cross pollinated now that. Um, yeah. It's funny when I when I listen to your music. It to me it sounds very British. Does it? it I can't really explain exactly how. Like the first yeah. artist I can give as a point of reference. We talked about this a little bit before. Was Nick Drake? Mm-hmm. Your music to me sounds very Nick Drakey. It's not quite as morose. 
hmm. uh, not quite as you know blue as he is or yeah. was. Yeah. Um, but you know, some of it, and maybe it's because it's an, it's an intimate acoustic setting. Maybe if I heard you playing with your band, your full band, it would sound less like Nick Drake. It's a little bit different. Yeah, we we play a different set of songs, um, some of which are on the album, which uh, is much more rock and roll. Yeah. Electric guitars and drums and, and keys and yeah. Let's play something from your record first before we get started with that. I want to talk about the band. There's so much more I want to ask you about in terms of these cultural differences and what you do and how you go about doing what you do. But you've got a, a record, relatively new, just came out in March of last year. It's called Of The Sea, uh, Maritime. Seems to be the theme for this. Yeah, the songs that you've heard, the songs that I've heard so far, uh, very nice, kind of Nick Drakey, but yet maybe modern, more modernized, maybe a little Radiohead mixed in there. Very good. I like it quite a bit. I had a very pleasant time listening to it when I was getting ready to do your episode. So the okay. song we've selected from this is called New Bread. That's right. Okay, so this is Dan Korn, a Londoner, UK-based artist, with the song New Bread off his record of the Sea on Independence Day. When I am hungry, let me suck When I am thirsty, pass the cup When I am weary When I am weary When I am weary Lay me down, lay me down like 
That is the track New Bread from Of The Sea. Dan Korn is a UK-based artist. He's a Londoner. I just like saying Londoner. <laughs> I don't get to say that very often in my daily life. And it pleases me. I'm not sure why that phrase pleases me, but it does. Welcome to Independence Day. Thank you very much. Nice to have you. Uh, and just, you know, this is like the most cliche thing in the world, but there's this thing with the British dialect that I could listen to you. You can just read the phone book. Really? And it's fascinating. Americans are, <laughs> are wildly fascinated by the British accent. Yeah. Like everything sounds more legitimate to us. Does it? Like you could insult us with a British accent. <laughs> we probably like it. And I had another artist on relatively recently from Australia. And, you know, was just, I told her the exact same thing. Again, cliche, lowbrow nonsense. But, like, there's just something about it, man. Yeah. Like, you could, you, you could send us packing in the worst way imaginable, and so we would like it. So there's the same fascination with the Australian accent as there is with the British. Is it? Yeah. Oh, right. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. And I, I think it's because, most specifically, it's the same language. Yeah. The same words, the same sentence structure. You know, it's not like a Frenchman speaking English with a French accent, which is also fascinating for a different reason because that's mm -hmm. not their native language. Yeah. We share a native language. Here and there, there's a different word or yeah. a different phrase, you know, different terminology. But uh, I don't know. It's like the Downton Abbey thing. People loved it. Just, <laughs> you know, anyway. Uh, so welcome, man. Welcome to the States. Welcome Thanks, to California. Welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you here. Great music, by it's the way. It's to be here. Thank you. Now, we set this up before, but now tell me, today everything you're going to play is going to be kind of quiet and acoustic yeah. uh, nylon string guitar, uh -huh. which I want to talk about again in a second for a mm -hmm. different reason. But like, tell me how that, like, how do you change these songs versus like what we just heard, the full band song versus what you're going to play here in a few minutes acoustically. Um, obviously the dynamics are different, but like, how do you, do you approach them differently when you're playing solo? How different are the arrangements? Um, the arrangements are fairly similar, but there's, uh, obviously more space for solos and things. Um, my, I've got a really great guitar player called Bob who, um, who loves a nice solo. So there's a bit more space and a bit more room for, for the other musicians to express themselves. Um, do you play with drums, a drummer? We do. Live? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think half the songs on the record have a drummer, half of them don't. So um, some of the songs are, are quite similar to what I've been doing today, um, what I'm going to do today, and um, some of them are, are quite different. And now, where, where uh, this music that you play, this kind of quiet, I would call it quieter music, yeah. which I love. Um, I mean, I've played in quiet bands, loud bands, but I, I think it's a special skill when an artist can say what they need to say quietly. Because hmm. it's hard to get people's attention when you're playing in the pubs. Because you've always, it seems like every musician kind of comes up through the bars and pubs. So, how, I mean, how, how, do you, how do you get an audience's attention when you're quiet? I mean, it's easier when you've got the drums. But like, yes, like, How is. do you do it? Well, do um, it? I, I try to uh, work in venues that, suit my style so with a band obviously we can play on a friday night in a busy pub um i i would be less willing to do that on my own um i try right. to find something more appropriate so do you amp it up some with the band like are you do you are you playing like honky-tonk women covers and uh <laughs> not, not that but yeah. we, we we play yeah we play blues rock and we play okay. we play rock and roll yeah it's funny when you look back uh, i saw david gilmore not too terribly long ago did he you? did a tour through the states for his new record and i had forgotten how much i love that music mm. it's music of my youth how romantic it is in a classical sense um but so i started reading a million things about the early days of Pink Floyd and the early British scene that they came out of. And it, I, it's funny to hear them talking about the music they used to cover. Like it's, a, it's funny to think of like, like, you imagine the Beatles playing those old 
Chuck Berry songs because they recorded them. Mm-hmm. But to think of like Pink Floyd playing these old blues standards is just weird to me. Yeah. You know? So, okay, this is another funny question. You're, I think you may play one song, a cover, at some, you know, mixed in here somewhere. But like when you're like, if you, do you ever play like a three hour show where you've got to come up with a ton of material? Or do you kind of stick? Not really, no. No? Oh, that's no. good, though. We, we, do, we do an hour and a half sometimes, but okay. not really three hours. And now, no. do you have an hour and a half worth of original material? Uh, yes. Okay, that's yes, great. Yes, I do, yeah. That's ambitious, and I like that. Yeah. It's nice to hear. Um, so, we mentioned the guitar before. This is a cool old Kalamazoo acoustic guitar, but you string it with nylon strings. Why yeah. specifically nylon strings? Um, I think I've I basically always had this guitar. So, when I bought it, um, I was very much a beginner when I was about 18 years old. And um, really, my fingers were very weak, and I, <laughs> I put nylons on there. Um, and then I took it back into the shop for a repair a couple of years later. And the man who sold it to me was very unhappy that I'd done that. But right. um, yeah, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Most I would say most, but most performers you would hear performing for people who aren't musicians out there, uh, it's a steel string. You know, sometimes they're yeah. bronze or phosphor. There's kind of different alloys they use, but generally mm-hmm. speaking, they're steel strings. They put more tension on the guitar. Mm-hmm. So if you've got an older guitar. Um, it's sometimes you can put nylon strings on there to lessen that tension. The guitar will last longer. It won't stress the yes, actual structure of the instrument. But you do it for musically aesthetic purposes. I do, and a combination of because you kind of started and never switched. That's right. Yeah, and it's 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 just become um, it's become a, a huge part of what I do. This specific guitar, and I think if if I ever lost it, I think I'd be a bit yeah be a bit bereft because it would be it would be a huge thing to change instruments now yeah it's just become um part of it yeah definitely it's 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 part of what it is what you do it's part of what you do it's inseparable from what you do and uh now when you're playing with a full band though such a quiet instrument must be a challenge do you have a pickup for it i do Do have a pickup yeah is it in do you plug it in or is it like a because you can't use a magnetic pickup with nylon strings, it wouldn't function the same way, right? No, it's it's so it's under the under the um, the saddle. Yeah, that's right. Bridge. Yeah, okay. so it plugs straight in. It's a pretty good pickup. Okay. Yeah. So it does function. Because I mean, I've, I mean, I've the only other guy I know. I knew a guy in Chicago, and I lived there. He played nylon string on everything for very much the same reason you do. But they played like funk style music. So okay. he was. I think for him, the percussive percussive element. Mm. of the nylon string was as much as important as important as anything else but it was just funny to see a guy kind of dancing around doing like almost motown modern <laughs> like white boy funk music playing a nylon string guitar very peculiar that does sound strange it is but intriguing also yeah intriguing at the same time good good music though i like those guys uh so you've got a guitar here you brought you dragged this guitar all the way across the pond it's an american guitar it is did you buy that in the uk i bought it in london yeah okay but it's it, it's from michigan uh from from a town called kalamazoo um and it was made by Gibson, actually. Right. Um, and it was made during the Depression, after after the crash and everything, um, as an affordable instrument for the people when people didn't have much money. So yeah. it has an interesting history. Uh, it comes from about, about 1935. I'm not sure exactly. But um, I would love to know more about who's played it over the years yeah where it's been you know that would be really fascinating but i wouldn't have never will know of course but I, that's i love thinking about that i mean yeah. the, this is very romantic to me personally me but I, I, I what i love about the guitar is that it was once a living thing mm. you know you play a saxophone the saxophone was never alive it's metal it's yeah. cool not to say you know the reed itself is wood but uh not to denigrate the saxophone 
All you saxophone players, don't write, don't send me emails. It's fine. <laughs> um, but a guitar, especially a guitar having, it's usually comprised of sub, you know wood from different trees. Mm-hmm. The body might, the top might be one tree. The sides and back might be another. The neck is entirely another. The bridge is another. So you've got like the ghosts of multiple living things and where they grew and the rain that fell. It's nice to think and of earth that, and it? the soil, and then you it becomes this this instrument which you kind of bring into yourself and make your music out of it. Yeah, uh, I find that a very romantic notion. Plus, so I also I. think every guitar has. When I'm writing music, I like to borrow my friends' guitars because I feel like I will coax a different song out of that than they would, and vice versa. You know, it's mm-hmm. all related to the the person playing. Anyway, I'm talking too much. <laughs> anyway, I love this stuff. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, why don't pleasure. you play a song for us? Like we were talking about this guitar. Why don't you sure. uh, tell me what this first song you're going to play is? So this first song is a new song. It's called Nighttime Luminescence, um, which is a title that my bandmates criticized me for. They thought it sounded a bit pretentious. But um, not to worry. This is Nighttime Luminescence. Okay, so this is Dan Korn. He's a UK-based artist. This is the song Nighttime Luminescence on Independence Day. I'm on an ocean schooner I hope she's seaworthy Oh, oh, If she should fail me If she should go down Then I will cease to be I will surely drown I have let you down I will stand on deck this night I will see by silver light Oh, oh I will sing for thee Whither you may be Sri Lankan shrines in hillside towns If I get to where I am sailing for I will kiss the sweet seashore Phytoplankton wriggle Bioluminescent blue Oh Oh You will travel east I will travel west When next will we meet Will we stand the test? Oh, you have let me I have let you You have let me I have let you You have let me I have let you you are 
down I've let you down I've let you down My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. Thank you ever so much for doing so. I come to you uh, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific time. This time of year, it's Pacific Daylight time. God, I love summer. Summer <laughs> in the UK? It's got to be a big deal there, too. Uh, it is, but it's usually pretty disappointing. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we have so much, so few lovely hot days that when they do come around, people really value them, you know. The last time I was there in July, a couple of years ago, seeing the Monty Python show, it was they were having record heat. Right. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, I remember being in the tube and it was just sultry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being in a can of soup. It's really it's, unpleasant. It's, it's, yeah. They're not used to it. There's not, like, the infrastructure isn't built for it. No. But anyway, I, I liked it because it reminded me I like hot weather. Uh, anyway, uh, you can learn about Dan. His website is, where I've got it right here, dancorn.co.uk. And for those of you, it's corn with a K. Uh, K-O-R-N and co for us English or for us Americans is C-O. So it's dancorn.co.uk. Uh, also, facebook.com slash dancornmusic. He's on Bandcamp. He's on Instagram, dancornmusic, and on Twitter, dancornmusic as well. Um so let's see here. Where's, what do we talk about next, man? There's so many things to talk about. Lovely song, by Thank the you. way. Thanks a lot. Um, let's talk a little bit about the record. Yeah, the sure. last one, because I know you, we're going to talk about your new one coming up here. You've got some new songs you're going to play. Mm-hmm. The ones you just played was new, mm-hmm. um, but you've got a. It seems like you've got a serious Jones for like maritime themes. I do. And you know, London is not. It's a river, of course, with the Thames there, but it's not a port city. Like, where does this no. maritime business come from? I don't know really. Um, I'm an Aquarian. I don't know if that has any significance. Do you take any um, stock in that kind of business? No, I don't actually. So <laughs> just, just we'll cut it's a that coincidence. Out. <laughs> yeah, and well, you know, I don't, I don't really uh, ascribe, subscribe to um, astrology and things like that. But but my mum's an Aquarian too, and she's also she's a painter, um, so she's a, also a creative type, and she also feels very happy by the sea. So maybe there is something in it. Who knows? But did you? Did you grow up reading Moby Dick or like it had to come from somewhere though? Like where, yeah. like, I mean, it's, there's a rich tradition of maritime songs. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's a band I love from Michigan, actually. Great Lakes Myth Society. They do the theme music right. for this show. Love those guys. And Michigan, if you look at it on a map, is surrounded by water on almost all sides. Part of it borders Wisconsin, part of it borders Indiana, and okay. a little bit of it borders, I think, Ohio. Maybe. That's my geography. But uh, so there's a lot of those great lakes look like the ocean. There's a yeah. very rich maritime tradition. So they write these like northern rock songs that are kind of maritime. They did a whole maritime record based on that kind of thing. So it's like I see where they got it from. And England being an island, of course. But like being from where you're from, like why? Why these sea shanties? Like why Why these songs? I don't really know. I, th- I think... Um I love I love the romantic notion of of going to sea and and um, and I love the songs, uh, old sea shanties and songs about uh, the men going to sea and leaving their loved ones behind and 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 you know the the wives and families um, you know worrying about them back at home and and um, also I spend a lot of time in Cornwall as a child my my grandparents lived down there which is a really beautiful part of southwest England. Um, which is just surrounded by it's, it's a peninsula and it's surrounded by by coastline, 
So I don't know. I just feel I have an affinity with the water, and I love being on boats, and I love swimming in the sea. I swam in the Pacific uh, down in Long Beach the other day. Tell me about that. I want to hear about <laughs> this. Like, how is it different from where you're from? Um, the sea was really powerful and really strong. I've, I've, I had to, yeah, be a bit careful about how far I swam out, but um, it was extremely warm it, for, for me. It, I think it was about sixty degrees, which for me is is amazing. Um, I swam in the North Sea off Scotland last April. Oh my goodness! Yeah, at St Andrews, uh, we all did. The whole band went in. That was cold. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because if you ask a Californian, yeah, if the water is warm here, and we will say unequivocally, most certainly not. Really, it's this is cold water to us. Really, like if you go to if you go to Florida, yeah, the southeastern part of the United States, or the what we call the Gulf Coast, yeah, like north of Florida around Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi. Uh, that's very warm water. Is it? Like I've gone, you know, I, I come from the eastern part of the United States and the closest water to us is the Pacific, or excuse me, the Atlantic or the Gulf Coast, the uh, the Gulf of Mexico. And, you know, I can remember going body surfing in the middle of the night and having the water feel like bath water in a oh, nice way. How lovely. Very, yeah, lovely is a perfect way to pronounce full moon. Uh, I'm actually flying there at the end of this month very to nice. Florida. Yeah, for a couple of weeks. So on I purpose, hope to experience that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love to. I love to like bang on Florida because like I used to love it. Yeah, but now that I live in California, Florida is obsolete to me. Really? Because it's full of bugs. Is it's it humid and alligators? Flat. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And alligators, crocodiles. Yes. Yes. Alligators. alligators. Uh, snakes, snakes. Insects. It's a very strange place in American culture mm. because that's the that's the place by which all the stuff from the Mediterranean or not the Mediterranean the uh, Caribbean, yeah, you know, pirates and crazy stuff comes up through Florida. Drugs, money, mm. drug people, drug money, weapons comes up through Florida. But then it was also because it's the, our easternmost warm place. That's where everyone from New York in Toronto. There's a lot of Canadians. In Florida, oh, really? Um, they all go to Florida, so it's this crazy mixture, like crossroads, it's like a pot of. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to like set it up. For you. <laughs> You're going to get there. You're going to think I'm out of my mind. It's beautiful in a lot of ways too. Yeah. So, what did you? Are you playing shows in Florida as well? I'm doing two shows at the moment. Yeah, I've I've got a good friend who lives there called Jason, and he's um he lives in Ocala. Mm-hmm. Akala, yeah, it's quite close to Tampa. Mm-hmm. So we're playing playing a couple of shows. Uh, one of which is in a museum. He's a he, he's an archaeologist, paleontologist. So we're playing in his museum, which will be interesting. So yeah, but it's it's mostly just vacation, really. I'm I'm there for two weeks and um, gonna have some beach time and enjoy. Very myself. nice. Well, again, I I, I it's getting good natured ribbing about the Florida thing, but it's really is obsolete to me. <laughs> California is so much better. It's unbelievable. The only thing better about Florida, they don't have earthquakes. Right. You know, but yeah. they have hurricanes. So I, I'd, yeah, I'd rather do, deal with they? the occasional earthquake than regular hurricanes. That's not now, is it? Is no. That, is <laughs> <laughs> should I scare, should I lie and say, oh yeah, you got to be really careful. Got to get a helmet. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot to deal with, isn't there? Snakes, alligators, hurricanes. Yeah. Why am I going? You know what you should do? Here's a recommendation for you. Yeah. Uh, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, you, you're a literature guy. You like to read. Yeah. And, but you're going to be on the road for the next few weeks. Pick up uh, a book by a guy named Carl Hyacin. Okay. I'll, I'll write it down for you before you leave. He's a guy, he's a journalist for the paper in Miami. So he's a legitimate trained journalist. But he writes these fiction stories. You find them in the crime section. Okay. About 
the, this craziness that I've been talking about in Florida, just like the crazy cult of personality of this Florida thing, the tourists and the Caribbean nonsense and all the drugs and the money and, mm-hmm. the, and the real estate developers destroying lakefront and destroying the, uh, uh, or the, the oceanfront and the Everglades, which is a big giant marsh. Mm. Uh, but he writes these really, really hilarious. They're kind of pulpy. They're light reading. Uh, you know, as Shakespeare does not. But it's very entertaining and great for touring. And yeah. I, I encourage everyone in the audience to listen to those as well. Thank you. Oh, I don't get a I'll kickback check. from Carl or anything, but it's good stuff. I'll check it out. And then it would, it would be a nice primer for you before yeah, you go to Florida. Yeah, it would. All right. Anyway, so we're talking, I'm talking with Dan Korn. He's a UK-based artist. Uh, when you play out, do you play under your name when you play? Yes. The, the bands, is there a name for the band too? Or no? Uh, it just, no, it's just Dan Korn. Dan Korn. But yeah. it is a band. Yeah. It's a bit okay. narcissistic of me, but... Nah, not necessarily. That's, that's pretty normal. Uh, so Dan Korn is the artist. He's this week's guest on Independence Day. He's got a record, On the Sea, came out just last year. He's working on some new material. So today he's going to be playing a combination of songs from On the Sea, as well as some new songs. And uh, what's... How about another song? Sure. While we're talking about songs, let's actually play one. What's this next tune? This tune is called Boat Song. There you go with the maritime thing again. <laughs> there I go. Uh, this is the first track on the album. And um, and it's about uh, it's about going going away um, for some time and coming back and coming back and realizing that um, everything is different. Yeah, very cool. All right, Dan Corn is my guest on Independence Day. So glad to have him. The song is Boat Song. Back then I knew not what I knew Could neither help myself nor you You'd seen far more than me of life This is undoubtedly true I went to sea for quite a while I used to dream I saw you smile No matter just how far I sailed My heart was anchored, beguiled I used to conjure up your face At every port, in every place Just when I thought I'd exorcised my troubled mind of every trace And on my return I sought you out to talk a while, to walk about Our love had withered, grown tired, there couldn't be any doubt I felt usurped and undone And turning started to run I found a vessel to sail Another voyage begun
I like the noises on my boat Let her remain always afloat My fate is all tied up with hers On her alone then will I dote I like the noises on my boat Let her remain always afloat My fate is all tied up with hers And her alone then will I dote Joe Armstrong. Thank you for listening to Independence Day. We come to you Wednesday night, 7 p.m., plus all kinds of other content, other times. Drop by indepday.com. That's I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y.com to hear, man, 170-plus artists, I think. A ton of music. And thanks for, I call it a family. Maybe I'm being pretentious by saying it's a family, but Dan, thank you for being part of this family. Thank you, Joe. It's lovely to be here. I love talking about music. I love talking to people, especially people from other places, because I myself am a wanderer. I love to travel. Yeah. Love to travel. Last time I was in England, we went to to Bath, as you say. Did you? Love it. Yeah. Love it. There's a pub there that's been a pub since before America was a country, (laughs) which is something we as Americans don't experience. Is it the the Berlin? Uh, well, there's probably more than one. Yeah. Uh, but this one's called the Old Green Tree. Okay. If, do you know Bath at all? A little bit, yeah. If there's a there's a little street you walk up that you can't drive on. Yeah. It's the older part of town. Like if you go, I want to say, northeast from the cathedral. Okay. You walk up one of those streets and then you take a left and there's like a little street, like a cobblestone style street, a tiny yeah. little place, wood paneled walls, like World War II watercolor paintings of... Uh, like British aviation, which yeah. totally gets me off. <laughs> uh, hand drawn ale, real ale. Yeah. Uh, so you find it in the can, the camera pub guide. Uh, I've, you got uh, some nice beer down there. Lovely beer, lovely yeah. people. And it's quiet, so lovely out there. And Peter Gabriel's studio is in Bath. Is it? Didn't I've stayed that. there. I've sang in the cathedral with a choir. Oh, wow. At one point. Uh, man, I, I, I like England. Yeah, me too. I, I, I like Bath. There's a lot of, uh, lot of street performance, mm-hmm. a lot of buskers. I think they make some good money there as well because there's yeah. a lot of tourists. Yeah. Do you ever do that in England? Is, um, it, is, it, is it so? Is it as restrictive there as it is here? It's hard to do that here. The, the cops will shut you down pretty quick here. Really? Yeah. Sad. It's, it really varies from, from place to place. So even in London, all the different boroughs have their own rules. So you need to abide by that. But I'm not a big busker. Um, I busk a little bit, but um, I, find it, I find it really hard work, actually, <laughs> to be honest, um, to... to just try and capture the attention of passers-by it's really tough um at least at a gig you know people yeah. are there f- to see you and but it's it's hard work it, it's i think it's good for an artist though yeah i think to it like is. go into an environment that's i mean it's already challenging music is challenging enough as it is but i think there's a there's a certain and there's something to that uh yeah. i was sorting through uh, you know flipping through netflix one night few uh, last week just kind of looking for something to watch to kind of wind down my day and i happened across uh, the movie once 
mm-hmm. Glenn Hansard from The Frames and Martina, whatever her name mm-hmm. was that I can't pronounce. Lovely movie. But he starts off, it's in Ireland, I think, right? And he's busking. The movie opens with him like busking on the streets. Right. And it's a challenge. You it know? is a challenge. To, to, to like get people's attention yeah. who are just going about their day. Yeah. It's hard enough to get their attention when they show up to your own damn show, I think. Anyway. Uh, so, and so many things to talk about. Um, so you're, you're in the States. Uh, you're doing some shows here in L.A., Yes. Correct. And then you're heading up the coast. But but uh, so Jeremiah, your friend, our friend, kind of yeah. put the tour together. Uh, did you? Was there any specific place that you wanted to go that you said like, "Hey, I really want to go see X, Y, or Z"? Not really. I I think um, obviously I wanted to be by the sea a little bit. Um, but no, I mean I, I was open for for Jeremiah's suggestions, and and he's he's put together a tour where we're we're taking about six different states. We're going up the coast tomorrow. Um, we're going up to a place called Bul- Bulton. And then we're going on to San Francisco on Sunday. And then we're going inland to Idaho. And then Montana, uh, Colorado. I think I'm saying it in the right order. And then New Mexico. So it's very exciting. You're going to see a lot of cool stuff, man. Yeah, I think so. And you're going to spend a lot of time in the car. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's something very, very different about the UK. You know, like how far afield are you playing shows in, in England? Like when you, based in London, like how... How far are you going? Well, we, we we did a tour last spring. We went up to Scotland, so we played five dates up there. Okay. Now, here's the here's the rub. Yeah. How long does it take to get to Scotland in a car? Um, probably, well, to cross the border, probably six hours or yeah. something like that. If But to go up to the northern reaches of Scotland, probably eight or nine hours. Yeah. Because like I've, I've actually done that drive myself. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I know this for a fact, but I wanted to hear it from your perspective because yeah. it's... So that's, and that's as far as you can go, which yeah. is you run out of you run out of island at that yeah. point. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but are you doing regular tours? I mean, we talked before. Are you are you full time music? Um, or close? I'm trying. To, I'm trying to be. So when I'm in London, I, I have some odd jobs and things. I do various things, but um, I'm trying to just do music, which is which is challenging. But um, I think it's possible. I think the biggest challenge is organizing everything really so i'd i'd really love to have a manager who could book on my behalf book shows on my behalf that would be really helpful so you're doing this essentially all yourself or with your bandmates pretty much pretty much myself yeah now are they are they helpful with this kind of thing or are you going to lie and tell me that they are or are not (laughs) (laughs) if it is one or the other they have their moments they have their moments and and i think everybody brings has their own qualities that they bring to the table you know um yeah, I mean, my my guitar player, for instance, we has his own studio, so we we Convenient. do all. Yeah, it's fantastic. We do all our recording in his in his studio, so that's that's a wonderful contribution that he makes. Um, but booking wise, it's it's mostly down to me. Being in a band, I've said this a million times, is like being married. So if you're in a band with four mates, you're really married to four people. Yeah, and then by extension, <laughs> you're also married to their partners as well, yeah. girlfriends, wives, boyfriends, whatever they have. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting dynamic, and it's also it's especially unique when you're playing under your name. You know, did you ever consider having a band name other than your name, or did you ever play under a band name with this ensemble? Yeah, we had we did have a band called um, the Choppy Waters. The what? Chalky? Choppy? 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 Yeah. You and your maritime stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, um, there is actually a reason, but I can't really go into that on the radio. Um, 
Yeah, the choppy waters, but that disbanded. We, we our members changed, and um, so now it's just Dan Corn. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, I do most of the songwriting, but but in terms of the composition and the production and everything, it's very much a team effort. Yeah. And um, and actually, the next album, I think we're going to have a couple of songs by by my bass player Joe. So so that I'll mix it up a bit. Because there's when you play in a band as your name but it's also a band like uh, there's a i mean i'm gonna see what you think about this but like there's a weird like reluctant narcissism at least that's how i mm. felt about it because it is your name and it is your songs and maybe you are doing the lion's share of the work but you still want you kind of want it both ways at least yeah. i did i wanted to have a band and i started off we had band names the name the title of my last record started out as the title of the band but then over time you know every band has a life cycle if you don't get a lot of success, people get married, have children, move away, get bored, yeah. start to hate you. God only knows what it is. But everything had changed and everything had turned over and it was still me and it was still my songs and I was still doing the booking yeah. and I was still paying for most of it and organizing everything artistically. Maybe that's a control issue. Maybe that's not on my behalf, on my part. But there's that reluctant narcissism. I wanted it to be a band. Yeah. So desperately. Yeah. yeah I think it's hard to do that. It is hard. I, but I mean, as a songwriter, you invest um, more of yourself into it than, than anyone else in the band, if you know what I mean. I do. Um, I do, believe yeah, me. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's important that everybody's happy with the contribution they're making. And, and, and certainly in the studio, it's, it's very much a team effort. And we all, we all really muck in, you know. How democratic is your your organization as a band with you as the leader? You know, the the phrase "benevolent dictatorship" comes up sometimes, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. how would you? What phrase would you use for your group? Is it a democracy? Well, I always used to tell the guys. I'm sorry. I used to tell them like, everybody gets a vote, but I get two. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, benevolent <laughs> benevolent dictatorships are, are impossible by their very by their very nature, aren't they? So, but. Um, yeah, you you try and talk things through, but there's always a bit of friction and there's always arguments, particularly in the studio, about yeah. what, what direction to take. But that's inevitable, isn't it? We all have our we yeah. all have strong opinions. I think it makes the music better, though. Yeah, a little conflict is a good thing. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And it makes you think in a different way and and um, and and have new ideas. Very nice. How about another song? Sure. While we're <laughs> talking about like your man, you've got a hardcore like sea addiction here because the name, <laughs> the title of this next song is it's the water. Come on, man. Yeah. I love not, this, by the way. I'm, I'm just busting your chops. I love <laughs> no. this. Actually. I think it's great. Um, it's not actually one of my songs. This is by by a gentleman called Johnny Flynn, who's an English singer songwriter, um, who's someone I really admire. Um, he's a multi instrumentalist. He's actually pursuing an acting career at the moment, which is interesting. Um, so he's on the stage in the UK. Um, so yeah, this is by him. And other than the fact that the song is called "The Water," why select this out of all the millions of songs in the world? I don't know. I'm trying to learn more. I'm trying to learn more songs by other people, which it, which isn't something that I've done that much of in the past. But it's definitely something I should do more of. So this is one of the ones I chose. I'm not sure why. I just love the song. Okay, and it's called the water, so it, it fits is. in with everything else. Okay, yeah. so my artist this week, Dan Corn. Lovely to have him. UK based artist. He's doing a tour here in the states. Uh, he'll be up and down uh, the uh, California coast. He's going inland all the way to Colorado, which is. A lot farther than England could possibly be. If you put England where California is, it would be like going to, what would that be like going to? 
Poland, maybe? Really? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, in any case, uh, and then he'll be in Colorado back. And then are you flying back from here to, stay, uh, to Florida? Or no. You... So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Flying from LAX to, um, I'm not sure. Tampa, I think. Tampa. Yeah. And then, and, then, and then flying out from Orlando a couple of weeks later back to London. Very nice. Okay. Dan Korn on Independence Day. The song is The Water. It's a Johnny Flynn song. All that I have is a river The river's always my home Lord, take me away for I just cannot stay For I'll sink in my skin and my bones The water sustains me without even trying The water can't drown me, I am done With my dying Please help me build a small boat One that'll ride on the floor Where the river runs deep And the larger fish creep I'm glad of what keeps me afloat The water sustains me without even trying the water can't drown me, I'm done With my dying Now deeper the water I sail And faster the current I'm in So wide is my river The horizon a sliver the artist has run out of paint The water sustains me without even trying The water can't drown me, I'm done With my dying Where the blue of the sea meets the sky and the big yellow sun leads me home I'm everywhere now The way is a vow To the wind of each breath by and by The water sustains me without even trying The water can't drown me, I'm done with my dying. Once again, Dan Korn on Independence Day. Very lovely. Thank you. Sounds great, man. I love the nylon string. It's such an interesting challenge. It's a different tonality. The yeah. sustain is different. The instrument sounds different. It affects you, but it suits your voice as well. I think so. It suits the music and suits the and suits your voice. In the studio, do you play steel string on anything, or do you stick with the nylon string? I, I just play my guitar, my my nylon string guitar. Yeah, I any electric guitar that you play. I know you have another guitar player. You have Bob and Joe so far that I've heard about. That's right. Um, 
Yeah, we have we have a drummer as well. We have a pool okay. of drummers actually. The the drummers kind of chop and change. But um, I've never really played electric guitar, but I would very much like to in the future. Something I want to something um, I want to do. But I'm willing to learn is the yes. phrase that I like to yes, say. Yes, I am. I approach them as two different instruments. Mm. They're played the same way, same strings, etc. But like you, it's very different. Yeah, the, the whole feel, tone, sound, timbre, everything about mm. it is very different. Texture. Um, so, well, I think you should do that. That's why. It's my unsolicited advice cool. to you. Okay. Uh, so you've got the, you've got a band, you've got an album just came out last year. It's of the sea, but you're going to work on a new record already. Yes. You're, are you you've starting in the winter, which yeah, isn't that far off? We've we've had a few sessions, uh, me and my bandmates. Um, we've we've worked on some some songs, some songs which aren't that new, some some songs which are very new. So I think I know which uh, which ten songs I'm gonna we're gonna record. Do you um, write collaboratively with them? No, not no, at all. Not really. No, um, we are going to re- certainly record at least one song by by my bass player Joe, um, called Clary. Um, possibly another one too. So, yeah, we're we're opening it up a bit. How finished are the songs when you bring them in? Are you they generally speaking a hundred percent done, and then you'd maybe tweak an arrangement, or do you ever go in with like a missing verse and you kind of come up with something? Um, I think lyrically they're generally all there, but I think in terms of um, arrangements that definitely changes. And actually, for the first album, we we didn't have that good an idea of of what the drummer was going to do. Um, so he came in and and we really brainstormed in in a, in one day really and, and got all the drums down. So I think for the next album, I want to be really really well prepared and I want to be um, really take our time and and not rush. I think there was a little bit of a rush with the first record. We we really wanted to have something to show the world and to to give to promoters and give to booking agents and things. Um, but but with the next one, there's no rush at all. We're just going to take our time and enjoy it. Now, for the studio, for you, I feel like there's uh, I mean, there's a million ways to approach it, but there are two kind of general ways to approach going into the studio. Uh, version A is you go in uh, and you don't. Because yeah, you've got, it's easier to do this with a regular band version A. Uh, you don't really show them the songs. You go in the studio, you teach them the songs, and then you get kind of that live, mm. off the cuff vibe where yeah. everything is kind of new, and you have happy accidents, and you have. It's very invigorating. It's like surfing, tying it all into the water again. And but then you, you you're you know you can always go back and fix things and change things and do it over. But would you or do you approach it more the B version, which is you rehearse and you rehearse and you rehearse and you rehearse. And you rehearse and then going to the studio is basically documenting something that you've already created. I think the latter, yeah, yeah. the second one. I'd like to try it the first way. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah, but it takes courage. Yeah, and trust. Yeah, in your bandmates and in what you can do to do the first way. I think sure. And, then, and some of it's a logistical consideration. The studio space itself has to dictate that. Yeah, to go in and do something. I mean, mostly live requires a different logistical, you know paradigm in the studio sure and the, the studio we work in is actually um it's a converted caravan so <laughs> i'm not sure how much space the live room is tiny we can just about fit a drummer in caravan there. that's a phrase that you're using a british phrase what would that be in a American? trailer trailer. Sorry, a okay. trailer yeah okay um it's a fantastic space but it's um it's not really suitable to kind of four people jamming together okay. and recording that way yeah okay um now who you have a literary background? You studied liter- literature in university. 
at some point. Yeah. Where, you know, where, now who were the people that you were reading that like made you want to do it yourself? Because there's a, there's a jump between literature and writing songs. It's a very different, or even poems. It's yeah. different. Were you reading narrative stories? Were you reading Shakespeare? Obviously, maybe like who who was it? There's got to be an author. Like really, like who was the? Okay, here's another way to phrase that. Yeah, who was the first author that you meant? My God, you read something that just changed your life. I think I really love Tolstoy. I really, um, he's he's wonderful to me. And I, War and Peace, I read, which which really affected me. And I'm reading Anna Karenina at the moment. I'm embarrassed that I recommended uh, Carl Hyacin to you. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, he's, I don't know, pe- people are, um, I think, a bit daunted by Tolstoy, I think just because his books were so long, but it's actually quite easy to read, and um, he just has such a insightful um, view on humanity, and, and all of his characters is just so tangible and so believable. Um, but I love American literature, I love, I love Hemingway particularly, um, he writes a lot about the sea as well. Yes, he does. And... Um, I love Saul Bellow and I love Steinbeck and uh, so many. Classics. Yeah. Is your thing. Yeah, I think so. And then when you apply that, like listening to the songs that you write, I mean, I just wrote down a quick, I just jotted down like a list of words. I love what I call $5 words. Yeah. You know, five pound words for you. Uh, Soporific. Uh, Luminescence, which was in the title of your song. Uh, Troglodyte somewhere is going to come up in one of these songs that yep. we're doing here. Like, do you, because I, as a writer, I love vocabulary. I love mm. fancy words as my friends call them. Yeah. They bust my chops about it all the time, but <laughs> I don't too. care. Um, short aside, I met in, in college university for us as college. I met, uh, I was dating a girl and I, when I met her father, her parents for the first time at like a family dinner, you know, they were very kind of, distant and didn't really talk to me a whole much a whole lot so when we left in the car i was like well what did they think you know you always want to know what your girlfriend's parents think you know do they like me do they not like me and this girl just said well my dad just said one thing he said well he certainly has a good vocabulary (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know exactly what that means but i chose to take it as a compliment yes good decision but as a writer it's intentional putting those words in a song. They're multisyllabic. They're not on the surface words. You know, Hemingway writes very simply, for example, yeah, whereas other, uh, other authors will put more elaborate words, fancy words, $5 words, if you will. Um, this must be intentional. Yeah, I, I, I do see my songwriting as, a, as, as kind of poetry. It's kind of poetry to music, really. So um, I think I think that gives me a license to use some some more um, uh, ostentatious. No, um, there you go. There we go. <laughs> some 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 bigger words, some more interesting right. words, but uh, more I, descriptive. Uh, yeah, I guess if you're going for a very specific idea, you go for the specific word. Yeah, definitely. Now, there's a thing you know. The, the flip side of that is when you're writing songs that have these advanced words. Uh, verbiage would you ever leave one out to simplify something if you're going a Hemingway route in other words is that a muscle that you choose to exercise or choose to use or choose not to use or is it something you don't think about and you just kind of do it one just do it the way you do it um sorry I don't understand Uh, would Hemingway writes very simply yeah 
but he's a very intelligent man. You yeah. knew that he knew more complicated words than he was using, for mm. example, in Old Man in the Sea. Yeah. Right? Would you, as you were writing a song, come up with a very specific word, but then leave it out to have a simplicity and elegance of language that was more simple and flowed better and appealed on a different level intellectually on purpose? Um, I think I would, yeah. yeah. I th I'd like to think that, that I can write... Um, simply and I, th I think that's the greatest skill i think to be able to form a sentence with so few words but exactly to have so point. much yeah that's what i'm getting to at, have so much so much meaning and um emotion and everything that hemingway was able to do that's i mean that's so skillful to me right i guess and, that's what i'm getting at like hearing the word soporific in a song i love that word it's fantastic yeah. I'm, i've been trying to get the word deciduous into a song yeah. i have no idea if i'm ever <laughs> going to be able to pull it up i just like the way it sounds coniferous and deciduous and yeah uh, so okay, so the writing thing. Now, when when you went to switch from reading about literature to writing, right? What were the like? How many songs had you written before you felt you'd written something you were proud of, or something that you were willing to share with people? I think at the time I thought they were all good, but uh -huh. uh, <laughs> with with hindsight, um, perhaps I was wrong. Ain't that the way? Yeah, that's right. So. Um, I started writing songs almost immediately, really. Um, primitive. Because you're self-taught on guitar as well, and I think yeah. that seems to go hand in hand. Like the, the U2 is an example. They all learned their instruments as they were becoming a band and writing. They can only be what they are. Yeah. You know? I think that's the case with me. Yeah. Um, and I have some strange picking styles and strange idiosyncrasies and things which... Um, perhaps to a trained um, classically taught musician, they would disapprove. But um, it's just part of part of what I am, and 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 I think makes me uh, original. And different. it's mesmerizing, like the thing that you do. And I think maybe that's what you share with Nick Drake, other than quieter guitar, hushed vocals, uh, consonant sonorous melodies, um, is that. Nick Drake is mesmerizing. When you mm -hmm. listen to what he does, it's simple, but it's elegantly simple, not stupidly simple or pedantically simple, sophomorically simple. It's, it's an, I don't know, it just kind of happens. And I think you, you share that kind of thing. Like when I listen Thank to you. your music, it's very, it's very mood setting. It's mesmerizing. And kudos for doing so. Thanks very much. I like it. <laughs> so before we get to this last song, I just have one more question. Yeah. Um, Will the new album be different in some way? Is there a way that you are consciously thinking, okay, because you said before you made the first record was kind of a rush thing, at least a little bit. Mm. Are you intentionally going to expand the sound, limit the sound? Like, How will it be different? I'd like to expand it. I'd like to be more, um, more courageous and more um, experimental and... I think there's, I think there are so many things, and I and I'd like to indulge ourselves. You know, I'd like to try weird and wonderful things, and and if they don't work, it doesn't matter. But just just try them and just take our time. And if it takes two years to make it, I don't care. That's courageous fine. in what way? Well, in terms of of trying things, um, just being adventurous and and trying techniques and trying to make sounds out of everyday objects. And okay. Because yeah. you said the word weird, too. Like, I'm imagining, what does weird mean to you on an album? Like, what, what is that? Go a little deeper with that. Well, I think I'd, I'd like to try things with the vocals, with layering and with harmony and, um, and different techniques. I know my guitar player, Bob, really wants to try lots of things. He's always uh, coming up with new ideas. So, 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I, I am too. You British people, man. You ask a question. I'm trying to like pull stuff out of you. Come on, man. Weird. <laughs> weird. What does weird mean? What's Americans weird talk mean? too much. We're too loud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying my best. Every time. It's all right. When I, we were uh, at a hotel bar in yeah. Bath, actually, uh, on, a, on a choir tour one time. Yeah. And you know the Americans, I mean, I'm generalizing hopelessly and, and horrifically, but it was very late and the, the pub in the in the hotel mm-hmm. uh would stay open late for us and you, you don't tip in england like you do here but like i i felt so bad because we kept this guy late very late he's like an older gentleman and i i took up a collection from everybody because mm. he had stayed so late and i gave him a bunch of money it was like, it was like 40 pounds or something wow because you know for us we're on vacation i just got a pound from everybody in the choir and gave him some money but the some of the people in the choir were being very very loud Okay. You know, and I don't know if it's just my character because I can certainly be loud. <laughs> yeah, but I remember thinking to myself, like, there's people sleeping. There's rooms right above <laughs> us, and I remember going around and like, I play in rock and roll bands. If it's too loud for me, I feel like it's really loud. So I had to, I kind of, I was a little older than some of the other people in the choir, and I kind of went around and said, "Hey, uh, I don't want to be a jerk, but we're being ugly Americans right now, and I think you need to tone it down just a little bit." And okay. thankfully, they all, you know, took it in stride. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you're probably right. You know, um, so I want to kind of I want to hear with this last song. But first, I guess I lied before. I want to hear one more thing. Like, give me one last thing. Like, you haven't you've only been in America about a week. But when you're looking at America from England, mm-hmm. right? What do you like as a culture? Like, as you personally as a culture, what what do you see? Well, I see. Um, what do I see? I see. I think. I think you're very proud people, and I think um, for better or for worse. Yeah. Well, no. I think for better. I think it's fantastic. I. I don't think we're proud enough of, of ourselves and and in the UK. I think we're we're kind of a bit embarrassed and ashamed all the time. Um, <laughs> but I think you're. I think you're proud, and I think. I think you value freedom and opportunity and. And I think it's fantastic. So I, I I see come here as a really big adventure, and um, and I hope that I can make some kind of a mark while I'm here. Yeah, we'll come back. We'll have a pint. Cool. I've got a bar in my dining room. Beautiful. Come on by. So <laughs> is it afternoon? I don't know. Is it? All right, man. So one last song. Tell me just a little bit about this last song and why did you pick this one? So this song's called Mexico, and um, it's not really. It's less about Mexico and more about a girl who went to Mexico. It's a metaphor. It is. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a metaphor. But um, yeah, it's about a girl who went to Mexico, and uh, it's 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 about the story about behind that. All right. Very nice, Dan Corn. One last time. The song is Mexico from his record of the Sea on Independence Day. <laughs> Like 
Like a treasure trove Like you didn't know You Disarm Me I Feel So very free Just recently And it's All down To You Know my love Oh my love Oh my love Won't you hurry home You shine Like a ray of light To a troglodyte You You dazzle Me So will You Come back to me Presently And say from my self No my love Oh my love Oh my love No my love Oh Corn one last time on Independence Day. Man, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Jay. Like uh, the, the Brits, the Brits that I know, it's a, it's a it's a cultural thing. You're more reserved. It's quiet. It's like it's harder to do an interview with someone who's less likely to talk about themselves and their accomplishments. I know. You, so so you thanks got, for opening up. I tried. My pleasure. You guys are su- such easy conversationalists, and I'm I'm not so much. But. Um, I, f- I find actually communicating through through music easier than than actually s- sitting down. And I think that's something that transcends cultures, though. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, 
loud, there's certainly loud mouth musicians, but I think a lot of people, David Gilmore is a classic example. Like you watch interviews with the guy, it looks like he would rather be at the dentist, <laughs> you know, and to trying to get I him hope, to talk I about that, it. I hope you didn't get that sense from No, me. no, not at all. <laughs> know, maybe not the dentist, maybe the insurance office or something. Okay. Like anyway, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Uh, but it's been lovely to talk to you. It's been lovely to hear your music. It's been lovely. And thank you for sharing that. Thank you. With, with, I mean, I, uh, I think you're going to be received well. Uh, a lot of that in, in America, I mean, it depends on where you play is going to be the big thing. Um, like you were saying before, th the environment in which you choose to play is of paramount importance. Yeah. Because your type of music is, it's going to be hard to get people's attention on Saturday night when there's a football game on. By football, I mean American football, which yeah. is louder and more <laughs> aggressive than soccer. Sure. Uh, so I wish you the best of luck. I wish you have a great tour have fun, experience everything, take lots of pictures. I will. Try the beer, talk to the people. I will. Because Americans generally, you know, they're friendly people, like to talk to people. Yeah. Watch out for the crazy conservatives, they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Anyway, so man, uh, drop by your website, which is dancorn, with a K, dot co, dot UK, which is co, dot UK. Facebook, Dan Corn Music, Twitter, Dan Corn Music, all those kinds of things. And if you're ever in London, look him up. And she's going to be playing some shows around there. And we'll look for that new album probably next year, right? That's right. Okay, fantastic. So thank you to Dan Korn, also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The Dauntless Tony Tonelope Piscotti manages the Independence Day website. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. Lots of sea shanties there. Check them out. For Independence Day, I am Joe Armstrong. If you do anything today, please be good to one another.